morning. Let me first apologize about my voice. I've been fighting bronchitis for a week. Bear with me. I hope you can hear me. And uh, maybe they can crank the sound up a little bit. First thing I want to do is this uh, Ken has been filled in for us as our organist. And this is his last Sunday with us. And I'd like to, uh, for us to show uh, him his, our appreciation. Today, we will have Library Sunday. Beth came through her surgery uh, well. She's still in the hospital. But this is Library Sunday. And if you'll follow Patsy, whoever's helping her at the appropriate time. Today, there will be an important meeting of Administrative Council at 4 o'clock. I urge your attendance. Beginning Monday, the office hours will change to 9 to 1 while Beth is out recuperating from her uh, back surgery. And we have several volunteers who will be in the office between 9 and 1, Monday through Thursday. And I just remind you of that. Uh, you can always locate somebody. My cell number is printed on the bulletin. You may want to put that on your refrigerator. Uh, and it's also on the web page. Our heat, unfortunately, went out this morning. It was discovered that it quit working about 10 o'clock. So we apologize to you about the heat. They could not get it to reset, so we'll have to have a service call tomorrow. But I don't believe it's all that cold in here, and if you're too cold, just get closer together. That's what we need to do anyway, right? All right. Next Sunday is Consecration Sunday. That is when we come together as a church we prayerfully consider what we want to pledge for our towards our budget for 2015. Now, I was in a finance committee meeting this morning, and there is uh, several uh, increased costs from last year. One of them has to do with maintenance of the church. We've spent a lot of money on our HVAC systems this, this past year. Another increased cost going forward we can see is going to be the youth ministry as all these children graduate and go into the youth. Uh, and we, we graduated 16 of them just in the last two years into the youth program. And uh, you've seen all these big numbers of kids around here where they're becoming youth. They're aging up. And so one of the big, uh, we know we're going to probably have to have an increase in the budget. And so I uh, hope that you'll probably consider to give more than just what you've been given all these years. Now, Eric is going to come up and give us a, 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 a word or two about Consecration Sunday. But it is next week. Come on up there. It is next week at 10 o'clock, one service here in the family, here in the sanctuary with a meal afterwards in the family, in the family life center. And I think, did Adam, did you have an announcement too? Yeah, okay, Adam also has an announcement, and then we'll begin our worship. Okay. Good morning. When asked to speak about stewardship, it immediately made me think of the blessings good stewardship at Memorial has blessed my life with. 
without the right financial funding and use of talents, our church would not be where it is today. I've had the great pleasure of meeting lifelong friends, getting married, and watching my son and niece christened here at Memorial. Those things have all been possible because of the congregation before us. Gave to the church knowing that God would provide for them. Our thriving youth, children's programs, and outreach community committees need your help to continue the great work that God has in store for us here. Following up to Consecration Sunday, my family and I will be praying about next year's commitment. And our prayer will be that we are giving out of faith, not comfort. I challenge you and your family to do the same. Matthew 6, 26 tells us, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Thank you. So we are saving money on the budget by not running the heat today, so it's not too shabby. just want to give you guys a reminder that uh, Daily Bread Ministries, which is the Greer Soup Kitchen and Greer Step, will hold its 10th annual Merle State Hunger Walk on Sunday, November 23rd, starting at 2 p.m. at the Family Life Center. This is a symbolic one-mile walk from the FLC to the Soup Kitchen, and is one of the Soup Kitchen's largest annual fundraisers. Uh, Memorial Youth will be amongst the groups coming out to walk. And we'd love to see their parents there, too. Uh, at the walk, we'll be receiving monetary gifts to help fund soup kitchen operations. And of course, we'll accept any donated goods toward helping to end hunger in Greer. Those donating $20 or more will receive a t-shirt. If you have any further questions about the hunger walk or the Greer Soup Kitchen, you can come find me. Or you can go to our website. It's greersoupkitchen.com. Um, I do have one other announcement. Uh, by request of several attendees, we've installed what's called an assistive listen listening system in the sanctuary for anyone who requires assisted sound during the service. Uh, today we have five wireless receivers and headphones available today. Uh, we'll have six next week after I replaced a battery that I burned out last night. And uh, we can add more if needed. So uh, these receivers, they're compatible with regular headphones. So if you have your own headphones, you can certainly bring those. Um, but we have some today. Um, you can bring your own if you'd like to. Uh, these receivers are going to be housed in the narthex. They're located right where the um, uh, plates are. And um, if you want one, you can just simply grab one as you come in and then replace it back in the little bowl when you're done. Um, if, you need, if you would like one for today's service, simply raise your hand and one of the ushers will bring one to you. I remind you, we only have five of them, so if we have a lot more people who need them, then uh, we'll certainly order more units. But if you'd like one, feel free to raise your hand and an usher will bring you one of the units. So if someone picks one of these up and they put the earphone in their ear, what are they going to hear? They can hear directly what comes out of the mic. They're going to hear. They're going to hear you breathing. No, they're going to hear everything. <laughs> they're going to. They're going to hear pretty, pretty much. If you've ever listened to um, watch our service on online on the video, they're going to hear everything that goes through the soundboard. So you're going to hear Pastor Joseph giving his wonderful sermon. You'll hear the choir singing, and you'll hear also hear um, all of you who are singing along in the sanctuary too. 
So you who need that assistance, please pick those up next week. Yes. Or today. Today. Okay. All right. Thanks. All right.
Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray together. Lord, we come here today because we can. Because you have created this amazing world. Because you've given us days and nights to live by. You've given us minds to make decisions and understand with. And hearts to fill with. And because we're lucky enough to have the freedom to use these gifts. Amen. Let us affirm our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence it shall come the judge to quicken the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let our children come forth for children's time.
Good morning. Mr. Jim doesn't wear glasses very often, except at night, but to look at this little pad reading right here, I've got to have them because i got bifocals in the bottom. So that's what happens when you get older. I got some. Hold on just a second. What, what do you think this is? Toolbox. You're right. Well, actually, it's the top of a tackle box that my boys use for fishing. But it is a toolbox. And I didn't gather any tools because it would have taken me a little while to gather up a hammer and some pliers and a screwdriver and some nails and stuff like that. So it's a toolbox, but a little toolbox. All right. Alexander's telling me how to turn it on. All right. God has given each of us tools. Remember I said something about tools in the toolbox? To, to use in his kingdom. And the object was a toolbox full of tools. But I already said, we're just going to use our imagination. The scripture says, for everyone who, is, who, who will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. That's from Matthew. All right, here's a little story. Jesus once told a story called the parable of the talents. In Jesus' story, a man was going away on a trip, so he called his servants together and gave each, each some of his money to use while he was gone. You will, find that the you will find that story in chapter 25 of the Gospel of Matthew. I don't think Jesus would mind if I change the parable a little bit and tell you a story that I call the parable of the three toolboxes. Now, I only had one, so I don't have three up here, so we'll use our imagination. Once upon a time, there was a man who had a construction business. The man had to go away on a long trip, so he called three employees together and said, I have to go on a long trip, and I'm leaving you three in charge. I have put together a toolbox for each of you to use to keep the business going while I'm gone. The man then gave each of his, each of his employees a toolbox. The toolboxes contained all the tools the employees needed to do what the man expected of them. But since the three employees didn't have all the same abilities, each toolbox was different. To the first employee, he gave a very large toolbox filled with every tool that you could imagine. That's a big job. To the second employee, he gave a smaller toolbox. But that, but that still had a very good assortment of tools. To the third employee, he gave a very smaller toolbox with just a few tools, but enough for the employee to do what was expected of him. The man then left to go on his trip. When he returned, he called his employees together to see what they had done while he was gone. The first employee said, I knew that you had a great love for the homeless people of the world, so I used a toolbox that, gave, that you gave me to build homes for the homeless. That is great, said the employer. You have done well, so I'm going to put you in charge of all the new construction for the entire, for the entire company. The second employee said, I knew that you had a great love for the elderly, so I used the toolbox you gave me to fix homes for the elderly who can no longer do the work themselves. That could be anything, cutting grass, blowing leaves. Then... That is wonderful, said the employer. You have done such a good job that I'm putting you in charge of all the repair and maintenance work for the entire company. Then he turned to the third employee and asked, what did you do with the tools I left for you? 
I knew that you were a very demanding boss and that you expect a lot from employees. I was afraid if I used the tools you gave me that one might be, get broken or that I might lose one of them and make you angry. I put the tools in a very safe place. They were, they were there all the time you were gone. Look, have they, have, have they are just like new. What is a worthless employee you are? I didn't, have, I didn't give you the tools for safekeeping. I gave them for you to use in my business. You are fired. Since they had proven that they would make good use of them, he took the man's toolbox and divided the tools between the other two employees. I think this is a story that's a good picture of what God has done, for, done in us. He has given each of us tools to use to building his kingdom. We don't have all the same tools, but God expects us, whatever the tools he has given us, to do well. He will give us even more. But if we didn't, if we don't, he may then, he, he may take them away and give them to someone who will use them. Listen to the words of Jesus. For everyone who has given more, and he will have an abundance. Who, who, who does not have even what he, has, what he has will be taken from him. Let's pray. Dear Lord, help us to be faithful in using the gifts you have given us to help others to build up the kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The 23rd Psalm is a community lament. It's known as a song of ascents, which envisions a situation in which the faithful pilgrims feel themselves to be the objects of scorn and contempt, and contempt whether from the, the unfaithful in Israel or from the unbelieving Gentiles among whom they must pass. The Psalm goes beyond simply asking for a safe journey. It seeks relief from the scorn, which is a visible sign of God's mercy which might even benefit those showing scorn. Christians, us, we should have no difficulty praying much in the same way. The 123rd Psalm is on page 966 of your pew Bible, if you would like to follow along. A Song of Ascents. I lift up my eyes to you, to you whose throne is in heaven, as the eyes of slaves look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maid look to the hand of her mistress. So our eyes look to the Lord our God, till he shows us his mercy. Have mercy on us, O Lord. Have mercy on us, for we have endured much contempt. We have endured much ridicule from the proud, much contempt from the arrogant. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
bow our heads in prayer. Oh Lord, in your mercy hear our prayers. Merciful and loving God, long before we chose you, you chose us to be your children. And we thank you for your gracious reaching out to us. Having shown us the way, we are to live 
so that we might set our hope in you. And so this day we sing your praises with hearts and voices. Your Son has reminded us that we're to be ready for His coming. And we're called to live a life of faith. But we must confess that sometimes we try to rely upon the faith of others to save us. We're not prepared for the judgment which is to come because we fail to live in hope that your ways are sufficient. And so we live as if the future holds no consequence for us. We claim to love you, but too often we cling to our old ways. And so, Lord, this day forgive us. Forgive our lack of intention to live lives worthy of your steadfast love. And may your Holy Spirit energize us to work harder for the spread of your word. Aid us in being teachers of your great deeds to the generations that are yet to come, that they may enjoy your presence. Make us messengers who live out the power of that which, with which we've been entrusted. And in your mercy, we're reminded this day that you've promised that those who have died in the faith will be raised first when Christ comes again. Among our circle of friends are those who are yet alive but suffer from things that seek to destroy their body or their mind or their spirit. And so we pray this day, O Lord, for all those who are listed on our prayer list. And we pray for those in the secrets of our hearts now. O God, give comfort of Your presence to all these and grant them peace and strength so they may endure through all things. We pray and know that You hear us as we incline our hearts to You and as we join our voices together in the prayer that You taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our giving, our, I mean our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward at this time.
Please be seated. I want to conclude uh, on these uh, scriptures and sermons in 1 Thessalonians and remind you again that next Sunday will be Consecration Sunday. And then, guess what? It's Advent. Advent, first Advent Sunday is uh, November the 30th. Give attention to the reading of God's holy word. Now, brothers, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you brothers are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep. But let us be alert, self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day... Let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, we thank you for your assurance, your assurance that we're children of the light, your assurance that on the great day of the Lord we need not fear because we belong to you. Help us, O oh Lord, to understand and to seek your face. In Christ's name, amen. <clears throat> now, why would people want to know when Jesus was coming? Well, why do workers want to know when the big boss is coming? Why do teenagers want to know when mom and dad's coming back when they've left, been left at home alone? Well, I think it's pretty obvious. You know that if someone is coming back, then you know how long you've got. You know how long you have to prepare. You know how long you have to get things ready. You know how long you have to fix the messes that you've created, and so forth and so on. And so we do want to know when Jesus is coming back, just like we want to know if some big boss is heading our way. Many years ago in my first career, uh, we had a president CEO of our company who owned a plane and he really enjoyed getting in his little small plane uh, it was a King Air if you know anything about planes and uh, flying to destinations unknown now the only thing we knew is we had got smart enough to make friends with the airport at the headquarters and so we would get we would find out that it would kind of come across the grapevine uh oh the president, he's in his plane. Nobody knows where he's going. So I, at the time, I was in a small town in Tennessee. 
And so I had gone to be friends with the local airstrip uh, guy who ran the airstrip. It was real small. And uh, I, I told him, I said, if you get wind that there's a plane coming in from North Carolina or thereabouts, how about give us a call and let us know? So one day, sure enough, got a call. Said, yeah, there's a plane coming in. Uh, we, all we know is it's, it's destined to be here and land at our airport. And uh, so, what do you think we did? We were just like a child that left alone at home. We run around there like chickens with our heads off, trying to straighten up things, get everything right, make sure everything was presentable, looking wonderful, so that we wouldn't be surprised. We don't want to be surprised, do we? When the Lord's coming back, we don't want to be surprised the big boss is showing up. Well, I'll tell you the, what happened, and that's this, is that the plane came in, guy got off the plane, and he was our competitor, and he went to the competitor. So the competitor is the one who had to deal with the surprise visit. And so we sigh of relief. Good, but the moral of the story is this. A few weeks later, we didn't get a call from anybody. All of a sudden, licked up, and there stood the president of the company, happened to be in our place. We weren't ready. <laughs> and you see, this is the thing. We people of Christ, we don't want to be like that. We don't want to be caught unawares and unready. It's the wrong way to prepare. The way to prepare is to take key to this and listen to these words in this scripture. When Paul describes it like a thief and labor pains, it's important to understand these metaphors. It's important to see that this is something that's going to come upon us suddenly, suddenly, just like labor pains. And it's something that is not, we're not going to have time to prepare for. It'll be unavoidable. You see, that is the nature of the second coming of the Lord. I think it's very interesting that at Advent, uh, which we all think about and anticipate and recreate and think about the first coming of the Lord, right? First coming of the Lord at Christmas. But really almost all the scriptures during that time point us towards the second coming of the Lord. Uh, to be as ready and to, and to be anticipation uh, and to be thinking about the Lord's coming. And so, so the thing is to remember is that just as suddenly as maybe a burglar breaks in or as suddenly as the uh, pregnancy labor begins, Christ's coming will be sudden. It will be unavoidable. And what will happen is it'll be a day, just like one day it was Christmas and there was the Lord. And one day there was Easter and there was the Lord, risen Lord. There will come this day, no warning, no escape. It'll come. And I wouldn't be much of a minister if I didn't tell you, Christian believers, that the day of the Lord will come. That we can be very confident of. But I also, I think, uh, do not want to fall into trap of so many uh, ministers in our time who want to scare you into giving more, serving more, coming to church more, because you're fearful of the second coming of the Lord. It is not a day for us to be fearful of. 
We may not know when Christ will come exactly. We may not have a clear picture as to the sequencing of events that will lead up to this point. But there is no reason for us to be alarmed by the prospect of the Lord's return. There's no reason for us to be taken by surprise. When Jesus came the first time and lived in a perfect life and died a sacrificial death for us, rose from the grave and promised to come again, that marked the end times. The end times. In fact, the scripture says that in the past, God spoke to us through our forefathers, but in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. The last days describes the final chapter of history. The entire church age, from the time when Jesus came the first time until He comes again, is called the last days in the Bible. Christ's life ushered in the last days. We've been anticipating that final day throughout all these generations. But throughout all these generations, people have went back and forth from being fearful or living in expectant hope. And I want to tell you today to live in expectant hope. Live in the same way that you live in anticipation of the first advent. Live in the same way that you anticipate Christmas Day coming. Live in the same way that you anticipate Easter Sunday morning. The point that Paul tries to make, I think, is that the followers of Jesus belong to the day. We belong to the day, even though now we live in the darkness of this world. And we have to journey through it. But we live, we're children of the day. And, and we, have a, we should have an expectant, hopeful attitude about the future because we're in the future. You're in the future. No matter what difficulties lie, now, between now and then, you live in the future. You belong to the future day of the Lord. Just as you belong to the, to the Christmas day that finally came, as you belong to the Easter day that finally came. Someday, the day of the Lord will come, and you will be part of it. So, what should we do between now and then? One thing we should do is to stay alert, that's for sure. We need to be alert to what God's Word says to us about living, how we're to live uh, during the darkness. We should stay alert for uh, our love for Jesus and His commandments. Uh, we should stay alert to the priorities in life, what's really important in life, and make sure those are our priorities. We should be alert to the possibilities that God gives us every day. We should be alert. We should be self-controlled. We should be self-controlled enough not to let the dark side and a sinful nature come up and overtake us. We have to be alert. We have to be self-controlled. And that's how we're ready. One thing, this is to re let me say this one more time. When Jesus comes, there'll be no time to get ready. The time to get ready is now, to prepare now. If you're not right, if you're not following the precepts of the Lord, if you're not doing your best to love and, and to show kindness and compassion and forgiveness, now's the time to do it to the other people that you see and know. You know, in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, 
Uh, Paul, there's a beautiful verse that most everybody knows. It's, it's when things all boil down to their absolute essentials, there three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. What does that mean? Faith is the confident trust in Jesus Christ. It's the trust that Jesus Christ lived, died, and will come again and be with you. Love is a sacrificial giving of ourselves as Christ gave to us for others. And hope, hope is to be convinced and to have expectant attitude towards the future. This is so relevant to us, in my opinion, as believers. And God gives us so many examples of this in nature to confirm to us His providential care. One of the things that we tend to do in our time, though, is we think we can find our security in other things. We look to a bank account or to a retirement plan or or we look to a leader, or we look to an institution, and we think that we're secure because of those things. But we really aren't. We're only secure in Christ Jesus. We're only secure because Jesus died for us. And so it's important for us to, to remember these things. You know, one of the things that's always fascinated me is sleep. Now, I know that there are many scientific explanations for sleep. But have you ever thought about the fact that sleep is one of the ways that God gives you every day an opportunity to trust in His providential care? Every day, you very trustingly drift off into sleep, which is a state of unconsciousness. I have seen people in deep sleep and parties break out and they still just snoring away in sleep. And yet, we wake back up, don't we? We're, we wake back up and time has passed. We don't even know what's went on. We trust the Lord is going to wake us back up. To me, this, this idea of sleeping every day is one of the ways that God helps us through, our, through natural rhythms and through, the nat and through nature to understand His providential care. What else reason is there that we're so trusting about going to sleep and believing that God will wake us back up? You know, it's important for us to know that in the context of this Scripture that the people in Thessalonia were worried about their loved ones. We've had a lot of funerals lately. We have several people right now in our congregation who are in very bad shape. So I anticipate a few more. But the people in Thessalonia were concerned because they had heard the promises of the Lord and they thought the Lord was coming back right then. And yet their loved ones were starting to die. And they were worried. They were worried that, well, our loved ones have died and the Lord hadn't come back. Are they okay? And I think it's important for us to think about this. That whether we die before the day of the Lord, or whether we live and we're awake and we see it, we can be sure that not only do we belong to the day, 
but all those loved ones in Christ belong to that day. And in Christ died for us, we can be fully prepared with faith, love, and hope to trust in God's providential care. And in some ways, in some odd sort of way, every time I lay my head down to sleep, I think, well, tomorrow will I wake up into this world or will I wake up in the next world? Either way, the Lord is in charge and has providential care over my life and my spirit. So let me just leave you with these words of Paul that he said to the church in Ephesus. Paul, had, Paul was a great gift to the church. He had a great gift with words. They have comforted us throughout all these generations. But he said these words, and, they're, and they're, I think there's an appropriate way to end. Because of God's great love for us, If you remember in the earlier passage, I said we weren't created for wrath. God didn't create us for wrath. God created us to love us and to bring us to himself. Because of God's great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive in Christ. If Christ is alive, we're alive in Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, in other words, even before we knew Christ, even before we thought about Christ. And it's this grace that saves you. And not only that, but God has already raised you up. Part of your spirit is seated with Him now in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. That's found in Ephesians 2, 3, 6. What beautiful words. And then the final word is the word that was in the Scripture I just read, where Paul concluded his letter and he said, now you've heard these words. You know what you believe. And you know of God's love for you. So encourage each other. Encourage each other and build each other up. That's our role. That's our job. That's our responsibility to the great day of the Lord is to encourage each other and build each other up. May you always be an encourager. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, we thank you, dear God, for your love and your grace to us. We thank you for your assurance to us. And help, oh, Lord, any who may doubt this day to see beyond the doubts and the darkness of this world into the light and glorious areas of heaven that are illuminated by your radiance. We pray in your name. Amen.
now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit, may they be yours this day and each day. Amen.